the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Check us out at thecorner3.net. Hello and welcome to the Corner 3, episode 37. I'm one of your hosts, Alex Derrickson, joined always by the hoop and the harm, Tim Daniel. Alex, we can finally say it. Shout out to Tokyo, Japan for being the number one city listening to the Corner 3 around the world right now. Japan, right? they really are number one. Best news of the day. Strange. Right. Apparently, I can I can finally live up my whole rock musician dream and just tell people I'm big in Japan. So <laughs> what we can do now is, like I said, we can go to Japan, become all stars, and get our own sneaker deal. Yeah, we could we could go for that. What what kind of sneakers would we wear, Tim? In mm. in in this world, would it would it be Fila? <laughs> I would want. Really nice, like unicorn slippers and like a Kigamari suit. Yeah, I would just go. So, um, you know, I'd bring back the Dadas, the Spreewells, just like an armadillo. On them. Yeah, yeah, we can do this. Bring those back. And as always, joining us, the my team king, Sean. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We've got a lot to unpack in this episode. We've got. We say goodbye to the Hawks, the Bulls, the Clippers, and we have, uh, Tim and I are going to cover the curious careers of Chris Paul, Dwight Howard, the Bulls presser, playoff updates. Uh, but before we get into that, just a bit of housekeeping. The draft lottery is May 16th, so what we're going to do is I know we normally post on Fridays, but that week we will actually post Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. It just kind of depends on how the, the, the servers work and whatnot. But we're going to record an episode directly after the draft lottery. We're going to discuss the results, and we'll have that up for you as soon as possible. So that'll be your episode for the week. So it won't be Friday. It'll be Tuesday or Wednesday. So just heads up with that. But, Sean, the Bulls held a press conference today, and it was exactly like the last one they did last year. Yes. Yes, they did. And... uh... (laughs) It uh, it was it was pretty much the same press conference they had at the end of last season. It was it was actually almost identical, <laughs> except this year we had Rondo and Dwayne Wade, so to talk about you know and how Rondo um, is the greatest player pretty much in Bulls history. Um, he uh, he's probably going to be brought back. He had two good games and man. And he and he threw Dwayne Wade under the bus and he threw Jimmy Butler under the bus and somehow he's uh, you mean you mean. You mean the Jimmy Butler component? Yes, the Jimmy Butler component. All that was thrown under the bus, and Rondo is our Lord and Savior now in Chicago, <laughs> which, uh, which you know, eight years ago would have been the weirdest thing to ever say. But uh, yeah, it's it's a mess, man. I don't I don't I don't know what's going on. Uh, it, some of the stuff that they said was just downright disturbing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean. So let, it, let, let's kind of go through okay. that. They they've expressed their faith in Fred Hoiberg. Uh huh. They they've expressed their love for Jean Rondo. They mm-hmm. have talked positively about Nikola Mirotic, mm-hmm. and and then Jimmy Butler was described as a scoring component. Yes. So the the language in that <laughs> says that you know. Like, for, let, for the yeah. right deal, he's available. <laughs> Right. Keep those callers calling. We're open to anything right now. The Chicago so Bulls it, are one eight hundred collect of the NBA. They're not like ten ten three two one. Yes, ten ten two twenty. Ten ten two twenty was another one. 
I'm just I'm just so sick of of the whole. We feel like we have a good core of players and have a chance this summer to improve. That is the same thing you have said for three years, and you have standed pat, with the exception of letting Rondo or I'm sorry Noah and Rose go. So, with the exception of that happening, which had to happen, I'm totally not upset about them letting either of those players go because uh, Joe Team Noah's season was a complete dumpster fire. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Right. But, but, you know, things that they said that was just so, you know, we value Nico. Like, we don't really like Nico, but, you know, probably nobody else is going to sign him, so eh, we'll probably bring him back. You well, know? And- and the frustrating thing about that too is is looking at how they describe Butler. It's kind of like in, in unloading, you know, McDermott, unloading uh, Taj in the midseason and everything too. It's like they're trying to shed the last bits of the Tibbs era and usher in, so that way they can kind of bring in, you know, like Hoiberg guys. And do you see that? Like, is that something that you saw with the way they were speaking, Tim? Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. I think if the Chicago Bulls currently. If we had to compare them to a Power Rangers team, they'd be Power Rangers Zio. That's how bad they are. Um, <laughs> I think that, you know, it's just, it's definitely that, that's the angle. Um, the total and the, you know, Miritich and Butler, like you mentioned, Alex. And their fact that, like, this, this, this discontinuing way of saying they don't want to build around Butler just blows my mind because he literally has become a top 10, at worst, top 15 player in this league. He has been, done everything the Bulls have asked him to be. He has been a star. He started in his first All-Star game this year. He's been in the All-Star game three times. He has literally continued to be to improve. He is a, I mean, he is treated like a superstar player by the rest of the NBA, including officials. I don't understand their objects here. The most disturbing thing about this whole press conference to me is when they talk about their future with Cameron Payne and they compare him to Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> it's It's... It's blatant just talking out of their ass at this point. Right. Like, I, it, it's, and it's frustrating, especially as a fan, to, to see that and to wonder, like, what are the conversations after those conferences? Like, do they genuinely believe what they're saying and everything? But, yeah, you mentioned their, their refusal to build around Butler, and I think that's a major component in their failure. Completely. I think that... I don't know. It's it seems like post Jordan, the Bulls are scared to have a superstar. Like it seems like after like the greatness of Michael Jordan, they're like, oh, this guy is awesome. This guy's phenomenal. Oh, I don't know if we could really build around this guy. I don't know. It just something doesn't seem right. And it's like, you know how they have. I think the Bulls are that team that they find like this gets this guy, and it's like, oh, he can play basketball. He can shoot. He can rebound. He can play defense. But his jersey doesn't look right. Like, they look for a reason to hate the player, and I think that, that that's what's driving me crazy about this whole thing. Yeah, because it's it's especially frustrating with as good as he is. Right. And, I mean, he is better, I would put him higher than, you know, MVP Rose. I agree. And it's it's just baffling to to see them almost, like, ignore it, or at least be ambivalent to it. Well, you know... Things to think about with all of this, you know, they were all about, you know, kissing Rondo's ass today, but do you guys think it might be possible that Jimmy Butler might not be a great teammate, though, in the end? Um, I, I would mean, say maybe think, not, might not be a great employee. 
Okay. I would say he's probably a great teammate because that's his that's his job. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, okay. he's put the work in. I mean, he is arguably like you could make back to back arguments in years to argue for him for most improved. Oh yeah, easy. And easy. exactly, and that's the that is the work you won't put in from a teammate, I would think. And so, good teammate, yes. Good employee, probably not. I, I just I, I think this team is just so micromanaged on so many levels. I mean, the, Jerry, Jerry Reinsdorf wants to make money every year. He doesn't want to rebuild. That's clear. So you have two guys that are below him that have to kind of do his bidding. You know, I don't like Gar Foreman at all. I no. kind of wish I kind of wish Gar was just gone and it was just John Paxson and just kind of letting him call the shots because I think he has more sense than this. But just all three of them together, it's just terrible. Ugh. It's it's a total disconnect where the players care about basketball, but the organization almost doesn't even, like, worry about it as if that's not, like, a part of their business. And I think it's it's got to get to a point, I think it's, I would hope, where they'll stop selling out games. If this is, I mean, if the fans are unhappy and if, or, you know, whatever. Like, if they keep making money, they're not going to change their behavior. But yeah. from a fan standpoint, yeah, it's sometimes like watching pro wrestling. Yeah. And I also kind of think, too, like, if you go through this Bulls roster, let's say they trade Butler. Who are guys on this team that they can build with for the future? All right, like, like, honestly, if you look at this list, let's just go through here real quick. Rajon Rondo, no. Dwayne Wade, no. no. Bobby Portis, okay, I can give him that one. Um, He's Nikola, a piece. Right, Nikola Mirotic, eh, no. Um, Anthony Morrow, no. Joffrey Laverne, no. I can keep going, you guys <clears> get my points. They need I mean, to... they have... They... They have some nice veteran pieces, but they're not the right veteran pieces that need to be with this team. Like I think, I, like Robin Lopez. Yes. Like I thought he was he was great in the playoffs this year. Okay, and you know he he played well, and I like him pretty much on any other scenario to come into this team and and do what he does. But this was this was such a weird experimental year to have Dwayne Wade, Rondo, and Butler on the same team, and it ended exactly how we all thought it was going to. So, I mean... Uh, except for I said they yeah. wouldn't make the playoffs. Let's drop it. I'm done talking about them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, right. don't worry. When they win the Summer League again this year, we're going to be really excited. Tim, you're not helping. <laughs> All right, so with that, let's move into the playoff games. What's been going on there? So we've we've said farewell. We've bid adieu to the Hawks and the Clippers and and the Bulls. But uh, so in, in the second round here, the the Warriors are just they just they just schooled the Jazz. Yeah, they did. Just just yeah. just schooled them. That's what happens. The yeah. Jazz played well in that game. That's the scary part. It's not like they were like not playing well. It's not like they were missing shots. They were they they were competitive. It's just being competitive against the Warriors is a whole different story than anyone else. Right. And it's it's just it's absolutely insane the way the Warriors can just blow a game open. I know. Oh, I hate it. Yeah, like they, they can turn a close game to like a 15-0 run. Mm-hmm. Instantaneously. So, how do we stop the Warriors? Um, if, if you're the Jazz, aside besides trying to play every game in Utah, <laughs> sign LeBron James like mid series. Sean, 
<laughs> How's that series going to end? Um, I I think they'll win in five, but I, I don't think Utah really has a chance unless Kevin Durant goes down, and even then I'm not so sure. <clears throat> right. Tim, how's it ending? Four. I love Utah. I think it's great they made it the second round. I'm glad that they defeated Doc Rivers. And um, I know, I know. But I just, you know, it's the Warriors, man. It's every two-man lineup they throw at you is better than anything you have. And that's including if you throw JaVale McGee in there with anyone else in that big four. <laughs> They're going to beat you. I, uh, I also have... I have Warriors in five. <clears throat> I, I think the Jazz will take one at home, but that that's it. Uh, <clears throat> the Rockets blew out the Spurs. and uh, That was an interesting game. Yeah. Was. Mike D'Antoni, so, man, what, is, what has he been drinking this year? Why is yeah, he such a good a, coach all of a sudden? It's a hell of a statement game from the Rockets, too. Yes, it is. But... The the question that I had coming out of this, and, and Tim, I'll ask you, are the Spurs starting to rely too much on Kawhi? Yes. Sean? The problem that I, I have seen and and read about the Spurs this this postseason, LaMarcus Aldridge is not playing like LaMarcus Aldridge needs to play. No. Like, he needs to be picking up the slack. Like, Kawhi Leonard, one of the... I, I've said this, I think he's top three, okay, right now in the NBA. I think I all around, inside, outside, one of the best players in the NBA. And there are so many good players on the Spurs still, a lot of them older. That's great and everything. But they brought in LaMarcus Aldridge to be kind of this, you know, second scorer. He's got to do that. He's got to do what made him great in Portland right now. Yeah. He does, yeah. but it's the other thing too. Is like 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 Sean said, they're older, and Tony Parker had a really good first round. He did not, you know. But how long can you can you plan on that? Manu Ginobili did not have a really good first round. Oh, he did not have a good one at all. So I definitely think <laughs> I definitely think they depend too much on, on Kawhi. I think. Um, I mean, I saw going into game two, you know, their plan now is that Pau Gasol is going to start over David Lee, which, come on, guys, David Lee is starting in a playoff series. This wow. goes This goes back to the San Antonio Spurs are Greg Popovich and Kawhi Leonard, honestly. And I just, I can't see, you know, I could definitely still see them with Pop winning this. I mean, let's remember, this is a team last year that blew out Oklahoma City in game one and lost in six, so... I guess, right. I guess, you know, I'm still leaning on the Spurs winning, but it would not shock me if Houston won. I don't care. As long as one of them wins the West, I don't care. Yeah, that, that I think both teams make interesting matchups for Golden State, but what I, I really liked seeing out of out of Houston was the way they the way they played the Spurs and the way, you know, they were able to score and kind of limit Kawhi to where it, the game had to revolve around him. It'll be interesting to see if anything like that, if they can implement that against the Warriors with any success. Yeah, I agree. So, moving into to our other topics for today, when we lost, so with with the Hawks going out, it brings up the curious case of Dwight Howard. <laughs> yeah. So let's 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 dive into this. Well, what happened to Dwight Howard? That. I don't know, man. So let me read some stats to you here, because I did a lot of Dwight research. Um, because I'm like, man, 
I'm really curious what it's going to be like when Dwight Howard is the next age superstar to play for the Knicks next year. So <laughs> I had I had to get my stats together. And here's what I found interesting about Dwight, man, is his drop-off, like we've seen bad NBA drop-offs before from great players. But Dwight Howard, when he was at his best, I think we can all agree, at worst, the second best center in the league. I still think he was the best for a few years there. But in his last few years he in Orlando, was. he was he amazing. Was. Um, yes. But it's like after that year in L.A. So let's look at this. His last, this is his uh, last three years in Orlando, going to his first year in L.A. Twenty and four. This is points and rebounds. Twenty and fourteen. Twenty and thirteen. Eighteen and thirteen. Mind you, all three of those years he led the league in rebounding. Twenty-two and fourteen. His first year in L.A. Twenty-six. I mean, twenty and fourteen. Oh, twenty and fifteen. If you round up. And then the first year in Houston, mind you, the last year he played in an All-Star game, weird to think about, 18 and 12. So, still good, just not what Dwight was doing for years. Here's where he's at now, these last two years, 15 and 10, 13 and 11, 13 and 12. We obviously knew Dwight Howard was a bad free throw shooter, but I don't know what happened here because I understand he had a year where he was hurt. He only played about 40 games for the Rockets. Um... That year in L.A., I don't know what happened to him there either because I guess, you know, he just had a hard time not touching the ball as much because he had to deal with Kobe. Um, but, <laughs> the whole L.A. team was an abject failure, though. Oh, my though. God, that was. With Steve Nash, like, just being hurt all the time. <laughs> and... they, could, they could write a book about how bad that team was. I know. And how, like, and how they, they should have been great but were not. <laughs> yeah. It's just I don't get it because, you know, when, I, when, you know, when Houston went and got Dwight and Harden, you're thinking – that's going to be a really good offensive duo. And they weren't. So I don't think the problem is necessarily the teams Dwight Howard plays for. I think the problem is Dwight Howard. And I think you saw that this week when it was announced that people were talking about what's the best the Hawks should be able to get in a trade for Dwight Howard. Mind you, the kid that went home to play in Atlanta that he always wanted to do and they signed to a, de- to a pretty lengthy deal. The best- now, 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 now. This was a last resort for him. This is this is this is an end of the road kind of thing for Dwight. Yes. So the best thing that they said they can get for him now is cap is a is cap relief and a second round pick. This guy was just the best center in the league not too long ago, and now we're talking about him potentially being a seventh or eighth guy on a team. And I think it begs the question, like the way I look at it is he came into the league out of high school. So yeah. I mean he's eighteen. And he hits, you know, his athletic prime, but on the NBA schedule. Yeah. <clears throat> and on that on that demand and that travel and that play and that practice and everything. And it really, I, I know we talk about the, the one-and-done rules and everything, but it kind of stands as a health testament as to why some players should probably go to college for a little bit to let their bodies kind of adapt. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing is, and, you know, I think LeBron James set a really bad example for those kids that were 18, 19 going to the league, not because he hasn't been amazing, but because he's literally not been bad ever. He has not had a drop-off. He has not had, like, an injury-prone problem. He has literally played as much as possible and been outstanding every minute. And I think that that's, like, when Dwight Howard got drafted the next year one, I feel like people expected him to be that way too. So now seeing this just kind of makes things really sad. Well, I think LeBron understood the pressure that he was going to be under coming into the league. And I just don't think he's ever really let that kind of like relent in any way. But yeah, Dwight Howard's fascinating. I know. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 had just a weird career. I mean that 
got the weird finals appearance. He was that not bad though. That that wasn't a weird. That was an MVP esque season for him. Yeah, yeah. but I it's mean, just this weird like blip now. Not I know, but I, I will never forget it because he dismantled the Cavs on his own. <laughs> he did with that uh, with that with the help of that awesome group in Orlando. They had all these awesome role players. He do Turgaloo, Jimmy you know, Nelson. Like, yeah, they had people like uh, Gortat coming off the bench. I mean, it was that was a ridiculous team. JJ Redick yeah. was on that team. Redick, they barely utilized him. <laughs> no, God, but it, it's just because it's crazy because it wasn't that long ago. No, no, it wasn't. And it's just yeah, it is nuts because like the drop off is just insane because you don't see that from superstar players who are on the top of their game at one point. Right. And it's the other thing, too, and I think I'm going to cover this, too, with with Chris Paul, but how quick they fall out of the best of their position discussion. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, that's the thing, too. I mean, Sean's been harping on this all season is the center seat, the the position of center has evolved so much. Dwight Howard has not. He tried. He he made an effort. He tried to have a mid-range game. He shot some threes in an all-star game once. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there were those videos in the offseason of him shooting threes, and they're like, he's bringing this to his game, and I'm like, no, he's not. No. No. His, I mean, his free throws were never really good. It was, he was a very truncated, compact, like, B-plus Shaq. Yeah. and Like, just in a much smaller burst. Yeah, yeah, and, but, like, even Dwight, like, at one point he was averaging three blocks a game. For those who don't follow the NBA regularly, that's insane. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't happen. Yeah. No. And now he can't even get off the ground to block a shot. Still still one of the greatest basketball plays I've ever seen was that inbounds dunk at the buzzer yeah. that Dwight hit yeah. years ago. That was It's probably one of the most incredible, if not the most incredible, buzzer beater I've ever seen. Well, they tried it again uh, yeah. with the inbound layup with Courtney Lee. Yeah. Yes, and, 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 that, Courtney and Lee that's was where that's the same. <laughs> it was like Nick Anderson in free throws. It just exactly. never, yeah, it ruined him. I mean, like, and he was a great little player for them too. Like Courtney great Lee was, player. he was no, he really was. I mean, he came out of where did he come out of Western? Yeah, Western Kentucky. Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, he wasn't supposed to be like any like big player or anything, and he became like a big contributor for them in the yeah. playoffs. And that was it. He missed that shot, that blown shot. His just like echoed throughout his whole career i remember it anyway very yeah, well. yeah i do too so between you know we know dwight howard's gonna go to a disaster franchise next year between these three teams who do you guys think dwight plays for because i don't think he'll be back in atlanta the kings the bulls or the knicks Ooh. uh god i don't like him any of those places <laughs> no like, you know where I'd like to see him? I know this sounds weird, but, like, Washington, I think, would be kind of fun for him. That would be. I think Washington would be a good team. But it would be Ooh. really funny if Gortat started and he <laughs> rode the bench. <laughs> <laughs> see, I was thinking Dallas or Detroit. Oh, him and Drummond together? That could be decent. Oh, I mean, I would. it would be him coming off the bench in Detroit. And it would be, yeah, like, their free percentage would combine for, like, 30 yeah, he they 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 would combine for ten of the Magic's free throws for the seasons. <laughs> I think the entirety of their contracts. Could he could he go back to Orlando, guys? 
Um, Vucevic is too. I, I think I like Vucevic too much for him to go back there. I, I don't like Vucevic yeah. that much anymore. <laughs> He's <laughs> it's it's been three years. His his honeymoon's over. Let's get him out of there. <laughs> Let's but, get him out of there. That's the get thing. Get him Orlando turnaround. Get him in a Clippers uniform. Can do it. Can Dwight play oh, with? Oh, stop that. Can Dwight play with Dwight Eric Gordon? Oh, hold on, real, real quick. I'll an- I'll answer that. But Sean, why are you trying to put another Chris Kamen on the Clippers? <laughs> because I just feel like it. It seems right, Alex. Because Chris I don't... Kamen seemed right there. <laughs> ah, I'm just another frequently injured lumbering rebounder. Just what they need. Hey, hey, that's 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 all that needs to go on out in LA. They're just going to crumble into nothingness once again. Right. Can't wait. Yes. So, can Dwight play with Aaron Gordon? I don't think so because the Orlando doesn't even know what position Aaron Gordon plays. <laughs> no, I don't know if he's a shooting guard or a power forward or a center. Like he's everything but a point guard right now. He's but, like a he's like a stretch four. He's like a stretch four point center. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So tangentially. Not quite unlike Dwight Howard. Chris Paul uh, is another player that exited the playoffs, uh, mm-hmm. who is whose coverage after the exit was uh, hailed as, is Chris Paul a postseason failure? And I don't necessarily disagree with that, but similarly how I brought up with Dwight Howard and how, he, how fast they kind of fall out of their best of their positions arguments... Not too long ago, it was Chris Paul or Darren Williams. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was that was the. And that was it. That was yeah. it. That was the list. Literally, though, every team has a good point guard now. Right, and and so where where I want to where I want to go with that is I I pulled up the 2005 draft where Chris Paul is arguably is not even arguably he is the best player in this draft taken fourth here, yeah. but. Uh, like it's incredible just how this draft had no staying power. We were talking about David Lee starting, and he he was the thirtieth pick in this draft. Uh, mm-hmm. There's Jason Maxiel, uh, Jarrett Jack, Nate Robinson, Danny Granger, Gerald uh, Gerald Green. There's a name. Uh, let's see, Bynum, Channing Frye. Hey, Channing yeah, Frye so still in the league? Yeah, Channing Frye's still there. Uh, Charlie Villanueva. I don't know. No. Uh, no. Let's see. Yeah, so it's like there's Bogut, Marvin Williams, Deron Williams, Chris Paul, Raymond Felton were the top five. So there's there's three point guards taken within the first five picks of that draft. And Chris Paul, far and away, the better of them, or the best of them, rather. But I, was, I got curious because I stopped following him when he got moved to the Clippers. And I always kind of assumed there was a fall off there. And so with, with this being said, at the end of the season, I was telling Tim this, he has now played six seasons with the Hornets and six seasons with the Clippers. Uh, he's played 16 more games with the Hornets, so we got a pretty accurate sample size here. But with the Hornets for the career, he averaged 18.7 points. For the Clippers, he averaged 18.8. So if anything, he's a model of consistency. Correct. Yeah. Uh turnovers have stayed the same over the career but so with when paul and and duran got drafted it kind of ushered in the whole point guard shift into the nba where then every team had to get a point guard Mm -hmm. and 
with every team getting a point guard, it's amazing how quick they all got lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Yeah. So was this a case, do you think, of the talent getting better? Because Chris Paul has basically remained the same. Yeah. Um, uh, whereas Dwight Howard had his fall off and everything. Chris Paul has, like I said, remained a model of consistency. So why doesn't he get brought up when people talk about the best point guards? Well, that's an interesting point because if you think about it, how many point guards do you think are really better than Chris Paul right now, even at 12 years in the league? I don't think there's many. No. Yeah, as a, as a pure point guard, no. Yeah, like, I mean, he, I always, I mean, for the longest, for 10 years, you're going to make the argument he was the best defensive point guard, you know? Um, right. He was, he was just awesome. Uh, I still love Chris Paul, and this is why I really can't wait for him to be a Spur, and I really think he should just leave L.A. and go to the Spurs because it will be great. But um, I think you're right, Alex. I think that, that you know, it's, it's a talent shift because that's, you know, before those, those guys came in, it was a lot of pass-first point guards. Deron Williams and Chris Paul were score-first point guards, but also managed to get a decent amount of assists as well and make their team better. And um, those six years that Chris Paul was in New Orleans and that year he should have been with the Lakers before the NBA blocked the trade, like, he was just unbelievable. Um and I, I just always appreciate, you know, I always appreciate Chris Paul, always be a big CP3 fan. And I still think he's one of the, I had him on my list of top 10 players who never won a title, honestly. Yeah, I, I definitely one of think them. he's, yeah, until until he does with like two years left in his career. Right. But, uh, Pulled so the just kind of look at Miami route. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yep. So just kind of looking over his accolades for for his career and everything, he's nine-time All-Star, eight-time All-Defensive Player, All-Star Game MVP in the 2012-2013 game, eight-time All-NBA team, 2005-2006 All-Rookie team, and 2005-2006 Rookie of the Year. So is his style of play then? I, it's, I can't figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> like well, you said, yeah, well, the, the, the league has changed. It's, it's just frustrating because, like, he... He has stayed like exactly the same, and it's almost like that's the problem. Here, yeah, here's what I think about it. Okay, yeah. the the you know going up from the the '90s and to the mid 2000s to be a successful team, you had to have a good shooting guard because everybody was trying to have a good shooting guard after Jordan became the man. You know, you had Clyde Drexler, and then you had Kobe, and then you had Tracy McGrady. All the good teams at all those times had really good shooting guards. Even Detroit had Rip Hamilton, you know, guys that could really just light it up. Then the game, then you had these two really great point guards that hit the hit the game, um, you know, with, with Chris Paul and uh, Darren Williams, and... After that, they like set the standard. Like after that, all these these great point guards started to be drafted, and it was I think it was under the assumption that you had to have a great point guard to be able to. Everybody wanted to have a Chris Paul on the team, and that was what was getting drafted. It became a point guard game, and now centers like Dwight, who have just like his his style of play isn't even relevant anymore. Now we have these. Now it's important to have an inside-outside center, which you didn't have just five, six years ago. I mean, Dwight's play is completely, you know, I'm going back to Dwight, but, you know, it's it's kind of past its prime. I mean, you have to have a guy who's going to shoot the ball now. When you have guys like Joel Embiid coming in here and Carl Anthony Towns who are defining now what a big man is, you know, it's, it's washing away all those guys of the past. And I feel like, 
a lot of uh, the point guards are the same. I think now it's more about speed. I think it's more about, uh, you know, like let's take take a perfect example russell westbrook <laughs> like a guy who has redefined what a point guard can do and you know he's a scorer he's going to rebound he's going to pass not to say that chris paul does not do any of those things because he does but he doesn't do them in high volume he's a little bit undersized compared to some of the other players uh i think his style of play is perfect if you have somebody to feed the ball to but you know i mean I feel like everyone's just kind of moving around, moving away from that now, and it's just like score, 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 and that is it. You know who Chris Paul really needs? Who's that? Kawhi Leonard. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I think you've already mentioned that. (laughs) You know what? You know what? For some reason, Tim, I just don't feel sold on it. Sell me on it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Here's the dealio. Alex, you have Chris Paul's basketball reference page up. Is he, what, 32, 33 now? He is. That is a good question. Let's see. I have to scroll up here. Uh, 31. 31. Okay, so he's probably got, you would say, probably, what, five, six good years left in his NBA career where he could still be in that upper echelon of point guards, maybe? I would say that's fair. I mean, if we look at it, he has, let's see, his last, we'll go last five seasons here, uh, uh, six, let's see, 70 games, or 62 games, 82 games, so full season there, 74, 61. I mean, he's not really having a huge, I mean, he missed 21 games this season, but that's been his worst. Right. Really, right. overall. So yeah, I would say I would say four years before the, uh, the injury bug finally gets him for good. Exactly. So this is a guy who has elevated DeAndre Jordan. He has elevated Blake Griffin. He has elevated J.J. Redick, Jordan Crawford. Jamal Crawford, sorry, I got the Crawfords mixed up. It's all right. But you get my point. Um, He's made Raymond Felton better as his backup point guard. Chris Paul has always been a guy that's made players better, and I think it's time that he goes somewhere where he can be in a situation where he doesn't have to be the man. You know? Yeah, Yeah. I agree. He's at the point now where he's going to have to ring chase if he wants to win one, and the teams are going to need point guards next year. We obviously know he's not going to Chicago. He's not going to go to Miami. He's not going to go to New York because those teams don't deserve him. This is a chance for him to go somewhere. <laughs> That's not exactly how it actually works, Tim. But... <laughs> but, you know, Miami didn't deserve LeBron. Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I know. I agree. I completely agree. And he's not going to Cleveland, obviously, either. And so, you know, no, no team banana boat. That's not happening. And we don't need Carmelo Anthony to go to the Clippers. We don't need those two to be together. Go play with Kawhi Leonard. Go go teach Kawhi Leonard how to be an even better player. A guy who is is an MVP candidate. Go be his second guy. Feed off him. Pick and rolls. High screens. Kawhi Leonard on on the driving dish, which Chris Paul is so good at still. Those guys are two really good defensive players. Exactly what Greg Popovich likes. Tony Parker is at the end of his career. Deontay Murray, as much as I like him as a prospect, is not ready to be an NBA point guard. Maybe he will be for Popovich because Popovich gets the best out of everybody. But until then, give They've Chris got Patty Paul. Mills. That's true. They also have Patty Mills. Give Chris Paul a two, three-year contract. Let him go to San Antonio where he can just be awesome. And you know he'll be great there because Craig Popovich loves guys like Chris Paul, guys who play both ends of the court, guys who he body is older, you're absolutely right, but he can still make things happen on the court. And that's the best chance for him to go win a title because the only the only other place I think that really makes friends for him is New Orleans, and they can't even afford to sign him because they're stuck with Drew Holiday. It's the best they can do cap-wise. 
God, it'd be cool yeah. if he went back to New Orleans. That'd it be nice. Be. But I, I, like I 100% love him on the Spurs. Yeah. It's a very passionate speech there, Tim. Thank you. I loved it. It spoke to <laughs> it me. Good. It was good. I've interpreted it for weeks, so it was just like waiting to be like, it's going to come out. It's going to explode. <laughs> so kind of comparing the two and everything, uh, both you could argue, I mean, Chris Paul, Hall of Fame career. Mm-hmm. Dwight Howard. No. No. Not even, not even, not even considered. No. Um, not I- not e- not not first ballot. Not like not first ballot. Like not even at all. Um, I think if he's like on a three or four ballot chase, like Chris Webber is right now, perhaps. Yeah, but I, I don't a, know, dude. He's a he's a three time defensive player of the year. Like, the it's only, true. I, I think mean, Ben Wallace is going to get in there eventually. Yeah, exactly. If Ben Wallace gets in, then Dwight Howard damn well better get in. Okay. If- Maybe with, with with just on that on that stat alone that he won three of those, I I, I guess we could give it to him, right? Yeah. Okay. We'll kind of look at Dw- Dwight Howard's draft class real quick. A Mecca Okafor. Mecca Okafor. Well, I, I, I was Gordon. Say, I was gonna say if Dwight Howard doesn't get into the Hall of Fame, nobody in this draft is. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I walked uh. by a Mecca Okafor when I was at Game Four. Like I, it, the guy, whoever it was, looked 100 percent just like him. A Mecca Oak game for? Yeah. Yes. So, Tim, do you have any news, any predictions? I, wa- I want to start a segment. If you want right now, let's start a segment. <laughs> We're going to add to the show and call it Tim Talks. All right. <laughs> it's going to be going forward how we're going to wrap up this show. So I'm going to give you the floor for an unquantifiable period of time for <laughs> Tim Talks. All right. Uh, this could be interesting. What do we predict? I dude, it's on you. I mean, you got you got Cavs Raptors going on right now. How you feeling about that? How you how you feeling about the playoffs? You want to talk about a Danish you had earlier? I don't care. It's just Tim talks. All right. <laughs> first things first. I want to talk about if I have to have this uh, opportunity, which I was put on the spot. This was not planned for you. No, nah, you've al- you've always got you've always got like news you, you bring to the table. You've always got like I, I always look to you for that little end punch. Oh, oh, okay. Well, in that case. First off, let's talk about how awesome Isaiah and John Wall were in Game 2. That was incredible. That John Wall was scored 40 and had 12 assists was the second-best point guard on the court that night as Isaiah went crazy in the Celtics took like a 2-0 lead. I'm going to back off of my Wizards in 7 there. I still think they get a couple wins, um, but I'm not there yet. I'm, not, I'm, I'm taking back my Wizards in 7 if I'm allowed to. And then... Um, yeah, LeBron's still awesome, guys. Even when he tries to grab a beer on the on the side of the court, <laughs> I'm digging it. So yeah, still that was call, pretty funny. Still calling the Cavs in five. Still think that's happening. Um, I just think Toronto's gonna be able to get one at home because Drake will be on the court. I'll be on the sideline. Actually, no, he'll be on the court. We know him. But speaking of that, we do got to give a shout out. Like like Alex said, Cavs. Well, Cavs Raptors game two is going on as we speak. LeBron James is now the second all-time leading scorer in the NBA playoffs. Only a matter of time. Oh, yeah. He'll have that in the end. He'll have most records in the end. I was going to say. Yes. I don't know when his cyborg body shuts off. Um, (laughs) Do you think he has a shot to break Kareem's record? Yeah. Feasibly. I mean. Yeah. More than anyone else does. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. At worst, he'll be up there with Malone, you know, as far as scoring. 
Uh, sure. At worst. Right. <laughs> what, is, what terrible company to be in. Is that second <laughs> or third now? Because is Kobe third? Kobe's second. Okay, so. Yes, all right, that's my bold prediction, that LeBron James will be the all-time leading scorer in NBA history, and people will still find a way to be like, yeah, but... He didn't play when Jordan played. <laughs> right. Well, here's... <laughs> Jordan's, like, Jordan left four years on the floor. I think, I think like, that stat alone for Kareem, I think, is, like, his bread and butter, so, like, I feel like his legacy, like, goes down if LeBron passes him, because Dude. he played for so long, and he was so good. That's like um, Eric Dickerson, the infamous running back for the Colts and Rams. He gets so mad anytime a running back gets close to any of his yardage records because he has the all-time single-season rookie yardage record and single-season rushing record. So, so that year, Adrian Peterson was 10 yards away. He was openly rooting against him to not break his record. Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot that even happened. Uh, go, going back to Isaiah Thomas, though, and what he, what he did – in that overtime and in that fourth quarter with the career high and everything. I know you said you're taking back your Wizards prediction. Is this, is this the same Boston team from the first round? <laughs> um, no, because Marcus Smart and Calico Linux on the court together were a plus 17 last night. Marcus Smart and Kellen Olenek were a plus 17 in a playoff game, guys. Yeah, I mean, they... like. Washington's just looked overmatched. They have. Um, I think that this is the proof that we talked about where um, I think Wall and Beal are good enough to win a lot of games, but they might need that. And I, I really like Otto Porter, but I think they need that big guy. I really like Gortat, and I really like Marcus Morris. Um, I think Markeith can probably go in and play a couple quarters for them, and no one will notice, like I mentioned. So I very well expect that to happen game three at the, in D.C. at the Verizon Center. But... I um yeah man I, I think that the Wizards will probably get a couple um I think they could easily go I think that the Celtics will win this in six so and then they'll lose to Cleveland oh as, yeah as one oh does. yeah oh yeah <laughs> all right well unless you guys have anything else to add this has been the Corner Three podcast it does post every Friday on podcast services around the world looking at you Tokyo and Ashburn <laughs> Virginia. <laughs> If you like us, check us out at thecorner3.net slash podcast where you can listen to everything else we've done, including our interview with Kendall Gill, draft recaps. Tim did a podcast about sneaker releases. I got to do another one of those. Yeah, it'll, why not? You do. We got we got the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you get. You get the time, you do the episodes, you get the chicks. With that being said, <laughs> are, are we guaranteeing that? <laughs> well, you guys are married. Well, you're soon to be married, Sean, so I do. So obviously it works. <laughs> Hail Hayward, cut the feed. LeBron James. Thanks for listening to the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Be sure to add us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our brand new website at thecorner3.net.